Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is December 16th, 2019, and it seems that the articles of impeachment have been passed. Uh, the left is in shambles, unknowing where to go, and um, as Christmas approaches, uh, we feel an energy globally that doesn't uh, coincide with the spirit of the season. Uh, we see that uh, something that we've been talking about on air for a very long time has finally manifested, and that is the spark of war in the Eastern Mediterranean that I have been talking about for over a year. The expulsion of the uh, GNA, which is the UN-backed Libyan army, uh, the Tripoli government of Libya expelled, Israel being involved, Turkey aggressively taking hold of maritime agreements that are null and void. And at the same time, we had Adam Schiff inflate. Oh, no, he inflamed. Wrong word, not inflamed. Inflamed, and I apologize if I'm a little bit uh, off. Um, I Actually, this is the first time I've written down notes um, as I'm finding it hard to stay focused and, um, you know, dealing with other situations. But um, he inflamed the situation with Turkey and fanned the flames by trying to pass uh, at this time, which I mentioned months before, well, when he announced it, but the fact that they had that in their plan uh, to state uh, that, in fact, they recognize the Armenian genocide, something that has always been mentioned and always tabled. But again, like I said, any Republican that put their name on it knowingly complied with the wishes of the Democrat House, specifically that of Adam Schiff, as he is the one that proposed it. Regardless... If it is meritful, if I, you know, I totally support that. I am one to not negate or dispute or uh, excuse the atrocities that Turkey has done uh, throughout time. Yes, but this was unnecessary at this volatile time uh, to be signed. And uh, I made that clear and demonstrated how uh, the only senator that actually stood up was indeed uh, Senator Kramer because he understood uh, that indeed uh, this was all along just a plan uh, to cause uh, harm, disarray, and um, further uh, cause issues with our diplomacy. So 
today being Monday, being a, a you know ten days less than ten days away from Christmas, one would say, well, what was the twelfth day of Christmas? The twelfth day of Christmas gave the world so much. So much happened, and so much under the radar that people missed. And now we are seeing uh, it all come to fruition. Uh, and I will not sit and point out one, two, three things, but I will reinforce what I have said before. The IG of the DOJ and the IG of the NSA are currently under investigation themselves. Now, I am finding it a little bit difficult uh, to focus and actually have the time to sit down and upload Friday's show where I walked you through it. I will attempt to do this this evening after I can, um, I have penned in time to do this. So I will get that up for you because you will see yourself. Everything you need to know is already out there. There's no need for anyone to question or think of what, you know, maybe or what. It, it, it's a fact. Comey's interview reinforced just how in shock they are, but how they're still banking on, oh, there is a possibility that something may happen to help them. Uh, this is not the case. Uh, there is no way that one can say that a fire that is burning, the fire of truth that is burning, will ever cast or ever have any shadow behind it. Because the only way that a fire, a flame, can cast a shadow is if there is a brighter source of light and the truth is the brightest of lights there are. And this is what they fear the most. I, in a turn of events this past week, so many patriots out there have had things happen unexpectedly, randomly, and we're talking across the globe, not, you know, just in our personal orbit space. Uh, it's actually extremely difficult for one to understand. And now before we get into the foreign politics and understand the scope and the depth of what is really going on in the Eastern Mediterranean, uh, it's important that we revisit uh, something that I have mentioned. Now, I had written an article on uh, through Big League Politics uh, a little over a year ago. And it's, um, I mean, you could probably go big league politics, Tory, and then FISA, you know, docs. In there, I had all four, so it was three renewals and one initial application of the FISA application warrant uh, for um, Carter Page. And so the reason I did that article was to allow people to see for themselves without seeing what's behind the redactions that the January 
application had more information, such as collected information from foreign intelligence sources when they visited England that previous winter. Also, more information that Amy Klobuchar, John McCain, and Lindsey Graham had collected on their way to the Ukraine. This is all probably linked to Misfoot, etc., but it is all there, and you can see because you can see the additional pages. They had beefed it up for the first renewal. And for some reason, again, I circle back. If you look at the report from Horowitz, the only feeling you get is that he is trying to cover up for the judicial branch, throwing cover for Judge Collier, throwing cover for... um you know, Contreras, which met with shock. If you remember, they had a conversation. I think I wrote about it on, um, Tori says.com and loomer.com. You could just go to the search bar and put Contreras. Uh, they all orchestrated it. Strzok spoke with the judge before he went in for the renewals. This is very important. He is throwing cover for the judicial branch. Remember, three branches, not what Ocasio said. But right now, our legislative branch is obviously very compromised. It is not working properly. It is completely corrupt, and they don't care. And then we have our executive branch that they are trying to tell us is broken, it's corrupt, it's illegitimate, and they've been doing this for a while. And supposedly, holding up the judicial branch. And the reason they did this is because our president is awaiting for the courts to decide in January if indeed Congress has abused their power, if indeed Congress has stepped over the line, thus hopefully, in essence, creating something more null and void. Now, uh, while everyone is uh, sitting around waiting for things to occur, uh, you know, you have to think, when are instances and things happening um, that are just mathematically impossible to occur? I mean, we all say it's a coincidence. Uh, there's always like, you know, the perfect storm. But then you have to sit and think, what are the odds of things like this happening? That's what you have to think about. I mean, we can't be that dumb, right? You have to think. Remember, Owen, Owen used an Owen passport to enter the Ukraine, right? Owen. So you have to understand that it could be a concerted coordination between certain nations with access to their sources to bring it all together. And it's important for us to take a step back from our politics and see how that resonates on a global scale. For example, Russia announced on the 12th that they're beefing up their uh, air defense systems in the Arctic. They're deploying S-400s. They're moving full speed ahead. The discussions of the START agreement, the nuclear agreements, have been being put are being pushed forward. I'm trying to parse it for you. We have the Mediterranean completely on fire, and while we all know that it has to do with an energy grab, 
right? It is a distraction from us to see what is going on. Remember when I told you Iran's internet going down wasn't a Gestapo move and how the media was uprising everyone? Oh, how dare they? They cut off our internet. They did that. They didn't do that to harm their people. I say it again. I told you that. That is what you have to do when you need to reinforce your wall and sit your trackers. Hmm? I mean, how else would we know? That we have people that are in our Senate, both Republican and Democrats, and in Congress, both Republican and Democrat, relaying information to Iran via former administration employees. Oh, no, well, let me restate that. Through orders of former administration employees in order to what? withstand, reject, and cause chaos to the diffusion of Iran. I've already told you, Iran is taken care of. When the internet went down, I said, that's good. We're going to get this fixed. They have elections coming in February. Why would the previous administration poke themselves in there? Do you remember the meeting of, uh, what was it called? Freshman with the previous president? The previous president acting as if he's still in charge. His administrators all acting as if they're still in charge. And my apologies for not being too clear, but a thought came to my mind and I, I apologize for not being able to pinpoint the day, but wasn't it the day that, wasn't it odd that in Iowa, when Biden appeared, it seemed to be that Kerry, John Kerry was traveling with him on the time, specifically at the date that they found out that John Kerry and Joe Biden had received money themselves from Burisma. Remember, I told you that this is how the Burisma thing happened. And it also so happened that Igor Pasternak had flown to the Ukraine in February when this deal was going down. When do you say, all right, that can't be a coincidence? Totally is not. It's not a coincidence that one of the largest trucking companies has ceased, has been removed from their active status. Mm-hmm. Celadon and all their subsidiaries. Uh, fraud, this, that. We all know what they were moving. We all know what they were moving. Cartels were trying to state that they are Domestic terror groups, that they're just terrorist organizations. And Mexico is pushing back saying no. The fight is real on every single front, not just on individuals, but you have to look at it from a global scale. China has demi, demi, quasi agreed to some agreement. But the thing that we're going to see, and I've said it, is the rise of Africa. It is no coincidence that everyone has been traveling to Africa. No coincidence that the biggest social media giants have penetrated that fabric. And like I said, they would be coming into the forefront. This is going to go full speed ahead in 2020. This is what we need to be looking at. We need to be paying attention to. Now. You know how I feel about Barr, and I've said this many, many times, considering that he operated, and one day I'll tell you about my trip to Panama, but considering 
with all this Mina stuff, his role. And then as attorney general, then his role. I hold reserve, but nevertheless applaud when he does well. Again, I state he could be the last standing ringleader that has thrown sand into our eyes to not see clear, or he could be like the Godfather seeking redemption for what he had participated in. Because there are many of us out there that stood idle, that did not say, speak, or do, and the majority of these patriots are doing this for the sake of redemption. You know, it's like when you see something, you're like, all right, I couldn't say anything then because then I wouldn't be around or I would have been destroyed or I just would have been a casualty, you know, and, you know, sent in a box. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to maintain what I know. I'm going to lay low for a bit. I'm going to be working lay low, just low. And then if I am forced to, or if that's the time, I will come out with my public face. And I think this could also be what William Barr is doing. So let's take a listen to what he says and parse through the underlying statements. Information about the lack of reliability, even when they went the first time for the warrant. But, uh, but in January, after the election, the entire case collapsed when the principal source says, I never told I never told uh, Steele this stuff, and, 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 and this was all speculation. No, and I, I have zero uh, information to support this stuff. At that point, when their entire case collapsed, what did they do? They kept on investigating the president and the, uh, well into his administration after the case collapsed. But here, to me, is the damning thing. They not only didn't tell the court that what they had been relying on was was completely uh, uh, you know rubbish. They actually started putting in things to bolster the Steele report by saying, "Well, we talked to the sources and they appeared to be truthful," but they don't inform the court that what they're truthful about is that the dossier is is false. So that's hard to explain. And I, uh, the core statement, in my opinion, by uh, the IG is that these irregularities, these misstatements, these omissions were not satisfactorily explained. And I think that leaves open the possibility to infer bad faith. I think it's premature now to reach a judgment on that, but I think uh, that further work has to be done, and that's what Durham is doing. This, of course, is where the inspector general is most critical of the FBI. When you say bad faith, are, are you saying... A bias? Because there can be all sorts of bias. There could be political bias, confirmation bias. What do you think happened? Well, I think there are a number of scenarios, but I don't want to, you know, get into them. I think uh, there could have been a lot of motivations uh, involved and different motivations. And there could have been motivations in the FBI and motivations outside the FBI by other players in this. This thing focuses on the FBI. There was a lot going on around this uh, that is not the subject matter of Horowitz's report, but I think has a direct bearing, uh, perhaps, on what was going on in the FBI. Based on what you know so far, is it still? do you still stand by your statement that, that, that the campaign was spied upon? Well, it's clearly spied upon. 
I mean, that's what electronic surveillance is. I think wiring people up to go in and talk to people and make recordings of their conversations is spying. I think going through people's emails, which they did as a result of the FISA warrant, they went through everything, you know, from, from Page's life. Because uh, he know. wasn't in the campaign at the point where no, he began the surveillance. Yes, but his emails were go back. I mean, the main reason they were going for the FISA warrant initially was to go back historically and seize all his emails and texts and all that stuff from back m months and even years. So they were covering the period that he was in the campaign, and that's exactly the reason they went for the FISA, to get that stuff. So what do you think, what questions will John Durham address that the IG didn't? Well, uh, Durham is, is looking at the whole waterfront. He is looking at the issue of how it got started. Uh, He's looking. And here's the key, guys. Let me just make this clear because this is actually super something that I have actual like. Um, how do I say um, I can relate when you start an investigation on someone, you have to have something concrete. You can't just do it because you feel like it. You can't. You can't just say, you know what? I don't like this person. I don't know. They rubbed me the wrong way. Don't like their glasses. Don't like the way they smile. Oh, they wore, you know, red socks or, you know, or they asked questions about me and they're really teeing me off or, you know what? Uh, you know, I don't like their rhetoric. How dare they question order? They need to know their place. And they start an investigation. See, this is the thing investigators, prosecutors, lawyers, whatever you want to call them, DOJ, police, whatever. I mean, the police officer, like, for example, can't stop you in the middle of the street because he doesn't like your face. I mean, sometimes they do. In New York, they had that stop and frisk. They don't like the way you look. They just stop you because you look suspicious to them. Uh, but that is key because that is how you determine the corruption, the corruption is, how did you start this? Why did you start this? And remember, Horowitz told when asked, well, you know, what evidence did they provide you? They didn't provide any evidence, but we were, you know, I sat down with Huber and he talked to me and asked me questions. And he said that it should have been a preliminary, uh, not a full blown mm preliminary. What does that mean? You know, when it's about national security it means you could do everything for full blown, but there's got to be transparency. Full blown means whoop. It's like an NSL letter. You don't want to get one of those. You can't even acknowledge that you got one. Right. Uh, and you know, Mueller was the, the king of NSLs. Um, hence the whole Ashcroft thing. But this is where we're at right now, that we understand that the origin and why it started indicates the corruption. That is where it is. So the fact that they're obfuscating, what initiated it? Like, you know, did Comey one day wake up and say, oh, you know what? I think Carter Page is bad. Let's start an investigation. Or did Strzok say, oh, you know, I uh, drank tea and the tea leaves kind of look like it was Carter Page's name. So I was inspired to do this. Or it could have been there is uh, someone that may or may not have, you know, seen that President Trump is going to win and we can't have this happen because everything's going to be exposed and we need to fix this because the timeline seems to be on par with him winning. So let's 
deter the people. Let's deter the elections. Let's shift it our way. You know, can't do that. You can't tell people how to uh, how to vote. I mean, this is exactly what Congress did with the impeachment. We're going to impeach him so you can't vote for him. Uh, Even if he's impeached, uh, we can still vote for him. So uh, you can try it. But then we'll just have him for two more terms. So that'll make him a three term president. So this is where it's at, you guys. The fact that the origination of this investigation is key because the origin of the investigation will indicate that they wanted to obfuscate the real reason as to why they initiated the investigation. And when it is coming, when it comes to light, and that happens with discovery, that happens with investigation when it comes to light, that is where accountability can be held. But you got to get to the core of that onion. You can't just, you know, cut it in half because when you cut it in half, you rip apart fibers, right, of that onion. You want to peel it back slowly, 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 slowly. So that way you can get to, to the center of it. And this is exactly it. And they're doing it themselves. You know, at some point they cannot, you know, obviously you can't move the goalposts of the law easily because <laughs> when you have a judge that does, that judge doesn't remain on the bench much. So they can move within the goalposts, but at some point they're going to have to meet one of these posts and it's going to be like, Turn up or shut up or this is happening. Blah, 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 blah. This is where we're going. So right after this break, we're going to listen to the rest because this is what he's telling you. Durham is getting to the core of what started this investigation because how do you understand a product? You reverse engineer it. So when sleepy sessions, as we say, so stealthy wise had Whitaker assign him, it was all, let's start at their product, which was doing this and let's work it back. And so as you work back and you reverse engineer their outcome, it is easily discoverable what the root that set it off to gain this outcome was. And, um, it's going to be it's going to be pretty fun to watch because it's going to unfold rapidly in 2020 if we can mitigate what is to be coming out of Africa because they are going full speed ahead. I'll see you in a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code REDSTATE. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219. All right, welcome back everyone to the Tory Says Show. Uh, so we're going to continue now with... Um, uh, Bill Barr's interview that President Trump actually posted uh, titled James Comey Lied. Take a listen. Looking at whether or not the narrative of, of uh, uh, tr- Trump being involved in the Russian interference actually preceded July and was in fact the precipitating uh, trigger for the uh, investigation. Uh, he's also looking at uh, the conduct of the investigation. There are some things that were done in the investigation that are not included in Horowitz's report, and he's looking at those things. But also, a few weeks ago, I told him that he should spend just as much attention on the post-election period. And I did that because of some of the uh, stuff that Horowitz has uncovered, which to me is inexplicable. Such inexplicable. As? Well, what I said is their case collapsed after the election. And they never told the court, and they kept on getting renewals on these applications. Uh, they, there was documents falsified in order to get these renewals. Uh, there was all kinds of... Uh, Wait a minute. Did you hear that? That's something I actually put in uh, my report, you know, almost two years ago, which is they falsified information. They beefed it up. Remember, he even said it. I demonstrated that to you for the January renewal of Carter Page. I think there was an additional like 13 pages in one section, a couple pages in another, which was all beefed up from information that they garnered from overseas. Could be misfuds, additional stuff. Um, and, you know, this is what people need to focus on. Uh, What they need to focus on is the crimes that they committed in order to maintain their investigation. See, so we have the origin that was erroneously or nefariously started. But then when you perpetuate an investigation and you use powers that are afforded to you, like subpoenas, like, uh, you know, um, questioning people, uh, violating privacy, monitoring, uh, spying, everything, all of these things keep perpetuating based on more lies because you have to substantiate what you're doing, you know, in like a free cowboy, you know, place of, you know, on, on a state level, things like this can fly until they get caught. 
on a federal level, it should have been stopped by the judges and they didn't. And the judges had to do their due diligence. Contreras, come on. He was already talked to at that cocktail party with Strzok. So again, he's telling you exactly what we already know. The past always proves the future. And that is imperative for people to understand. The flame of truth casts and has no shadow withholding of information from the court and uh, the question really is what was the agenda after the election that kept them pressing ahead after their case collapsed this is the president of the United States uh, you of course went to three countries with him uh, why did you have to do that and some people have said well this is clearly Bill Barr's in charge of the investigation well the presentation of that in the media <laughs> has been silly uh, the person running the investigation is John Durham. Uh, but this is a very unusual circumstance where we are going to foreign governments and asking them to assist and cooperate, including, you know, some of their sensitive materials and, and personnel. And a U.S. attorney doesn't show up on the doorstep uh, in, in some of these countries like London and say, hey, I want to talk to your intelligence people and so forth. Uh, all the regularities were, were followed. I went through the, uh, my purpose was to introduce Durham to the appropriate people and set up a channel that he could work with these countries. At the request of the country, I went through the ambassadors of each country, and the governments wanted to initially talk to me to find out what is this about, what are the ground rules, is this going to be a criminal case, are you going to, you know, do a public report. They wanted to understand the ground rules before they met with Durham, and I Okay, so let's break that down. So what Bill Barr did was go through the appropriate channels. And when you go through the appropriate channels, it takes forever. I'll tell you what. When I wanted to expose the fact that various states across the nation were signing memorandums of understanding to hand over, uh, you know, just regular citizen private identifying information to beef up their FBI face services or the citizen log, it's called, uh, which is kind of almost in tangent with what we see on the social media score from China, right? Uh, I was aware of agreements that were signed in 2008, 2010, 2013. And I initially started in 2014 to get my hands on that document from the proper channels. Because you can get yourself any documentation when you have good sources. And this isn't a classified document for anyone to refuse to give it to you. But then when you go and ask, like where I uh, asked the uh, Texas Attorney General, they kind of like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about kind of thing. You know, they lied. I've caught Two states' attorney generals literally lie. Uh, the last one was in my state where I sent an email and said, wait a minute, what do you mean you didn't find it? That was pretty quick. I gave them the title of the document. So I emailed the document that I had already sourced through channels correctly over three years of trying to get it through another way, even though it was unclassified document. And when I emailed the document, they were like, oh, yeah, sorry, we couldn't find it first. No, nah, man, you got caught lying. And this is the thing. You have to do things by the proper channels. And I've been saying it. We have made so much progress. And then you have to think to yourself, 
Why would the GCHQ or the Crown in general say, well, tell us the ground rules? Because they don't want to be embarrassed. They're currently undergoing turmoil in their nation. They don't want the people of Australia and the people of the United Kingdom and the people of Canada to know that they facilitated to create this bogus dossier, that they participated in overthrowing, you know, our elections because they knew better for us. Their citizens would hold them accountable. These are the ground rules we are talking about. We all have already have treaties in place to make sure that they cooperate. But they were reluctant because they knew that they would be exposed. Was this going to be public? Are you doing a public report? Are you going to tell everyone that we helped put all this BS together so that you can not, you know, have fair elections in the United States? Are you going to tell that we've been participating and working with Congress and the Senate to overthrow a duly elected president? Are you going to tell on us? Because that's going to cause us damage. That's a really fine line for any representative of our judicial branch to walk. Because it's like, dude, you did this and now you're telling me I won't cooperate unless I exclude you. This isn't really right, man. So this is what he's saying. Listen to him. He's telling you this. I met with him and then I set up appropriate channels. This was perfectly appropriate. Speaking of whether something is appropriate or not, was it appropriate for John Durham to issue his statement yesterday given that he's a U.S. attorney with a grand jury and his investigation isn't done yet. Oh, oh yeah, I, I think it was definitely appropriate because I think it was, it was necessary to avoid public confusion. I think it was sort of being reported by the press that the issue of predication was sort of done and over, even though it was a very limited look at that issue by the IG, given the narrowness of, his, uh, in, you know, of the uh, evidence available to him. And I think it was important for people to understand uh, that the that you know Durham's uh, work was not being preempted, uh, and that Durham was doing something different, and he explains uh, what he's doing different, and that there are areas of, of disagreement. I think it was perfectly appropriate, so the public understood the relationship between the two exercises. So you've outlined a number, and and you and sort of so does the Inspector General of problems with the way the FBI handled this investigation. Are you confident that Chris Ray can fix them? And I ask that in light of the president's tweet today where he says, I don't know what report current director Ray was reading, but it sure wasn't the one given to me. With that kind of attitude, he'll never be able to fix the FBI. Well, uh, you know, practically speaking, uh, I think Chris has been working hard uh, to uh, address the problems of the past. We've worked well together. Uh, the people who were involved in the past are no longer there. He's brought in a new team that I think is a, a good team. I have confidence in that team. Uh, and uh, I think he has set forth a number of specific uh, proposals as to how to address those problems. And I think what the president was getting at, and I feel the same way, is that we can't ignore the abuses of, of the past uh, and, 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 and appear to be justifying them or minimizing them. We have to focus on getting it right going forward. So you have confidence in Chris Ray? Yes. Uh, before I go into a couple of other questions, let me just sort of button this up. I think a lot of people will hear what you're saying here and think, well, that's just Bill Barr defending Trump. Your concern about the FBI's investigation is what? Civil libertarian? I think our, our nation was turned on its head for three years. I think... Uh, based on a completely bogus narrative that was largely fanned 
and hyped by an irresponsible press. Uh, and I think that there were gross abuses uh, of uh, FISA uh, and inexplicable behavior that is intolerable in the uh, FBI. And uh, the Attorney General's primary responsibility is to protect uh, against the abuse of the law enforcement and intelligence apparatus and make sure that it doesn't play an improper role in our, in our political life. That's my responsibility, and I'm going to carry it out. A couple of other questions. Were you ever... All right, so let's stop it right there and take a listen to what the leftist media had to say and what the right media had to say in regards to John Durham's uh, Russia origin probe being put into the light as a criminal investigation now. We all knew there was a criminal investigation. It is not something new. We already knew from the fact that McCabe tried to probe and find out if there was a grand jury uh, deliberating. Uh, But a lot of us already know what, where, and how. So here is Ingram uh, in October talking about how it's a criminal investigation and how it's supposed to help President Trump, okay? It's from October 24th. Before we listen to Rachel Maddow go nuts, I mean, that dude almost cried again. John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Russia probe is now a criminal investigation. The New York Times reporting the news with this subhead, though. Here it is. The move is likely to open the attorney general to accusations that he is trying to deliver a political victory for President Trump. And this is unbelievable. They are trying to pin this. John Durham, with impeccable background, Mm -hmm. not a political bone in his body, as revenge and not a legitimate investigation by Durham. So heads you win, tails I lose. Yeah, it might be another example of just kind of letting opinion get ahead of facts. Why not let John Durham... Uh, actually get the facts and figure out the roots of the Russia probe as you were just debating uh, back and forth with Richard uh, and Matt. The bottom line is Fox has two sources tonight familiar with this investigation confirming that New York Times report that that man, John Durham there, a U.S. attorney from Connecticut, uh, now has opened a criminal investigation. This started as a broad uh, probe. He didn't actually have a grand jury. He didn't have subpoenas, all the rest. Now he does. This is a formal criminal probe, we're told. And so there are going to be a lot of former Obama officials who are going to be under the microscope in terms of their behavior, the FISA warrants, uh, and all the rest you've been talking about tonight, Laura. Uh, Well, probably people are wondering, watching this, Ed, who is most nervous? Tonight, perhaps, given what we know, well, uh, John Brennan has been, you know, on television a lot yeah. lately and throwing up kind of pixie dust in the air about all. We don't need to talk about that. We already know who's nervous. Uh, it's the same public figures, but it is those that are in the background that no one's talking about. So before we get to Comey's interview, let's see what Rachel Maddow, that dude, said about John Durham compromising credibility with public statement on IG report. This is what it was titled as. So I want you guys we to We just discussed the fact that this. Attorney General William Barr put out a statement. It's totally not being my friend. 
Hold on. Let me get this audio clip up. Essentially contesting the findings of his own department uh, of the inspector general. But there was also a second statement from uh, John Durham, the U.S. attorney for Connecticut, who has been additionally tasked by Attorney General William Barr with looking into other elements, a criminal investigation into the into the Russia investigation. I mean, if you think Barr's statement was unusual, Durham's statement is even more bizarre. Here you have a sitting prosecutor conducting a pending criminal investigation making a public statement uh, seeming to denigrate the scope and adequacy of the findings of the IG investigation uh, while pointing out that he appears to be in possession of some secret information from some other government agency that the IG had no access to. Mm-hmm. See how nervous they are? It's because the IG is under investigation, you clown. And this is what he was inching to. But, you know, uh, this is important. When the IG was talking about it, he was tipped off by Graham and Feinstein that he is under investigation. And we've got the NSA in a knot, too. Funny how we're not hearing anything from them, right? As if to preserve the possibility that these findings that you've been talking about today will be undermined later by some new revelations. It is... As I mean, and, and it's worth stressing, this is an active U.S. attorney who is involved in an active criminal investigation that is pending and from which we have seen no, at least public facing indictments. So it's very I mean, even if all he had said was 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 were positive things that had nothing to do with um, the sort of controversial ground that he's tread upon. It's weird for a prosecutor to talk about his investigation while it is ongoing, period. It's very uncommon for prosecutors speak through charging documents, opening statements, closing arguments, examinations of witnesses. Oh, but while they were talking about investigations and saying things, the walls are closing in, it's all coming down. It's, uh, you know, and all their specialists and Clapper and Comey and all the clowns out there, it was fine. But now that they're in that area, mm, this is what is happening, guys. They are in full panic mode, and they know it. This is why they expedited this impeachment, hoping that they have enough on people. Remember, the key here is that they have Chief Justice Supreme Court, Chief Justice John Roberts. They've got some massive insurance on him. We're talking back to the MENA days. So, you know, they're going to be cashing in some chits down at the Senate, and You know, the senators that are Republicans, that are compromised, need to understand that we're bringing Snowden home. He's going to get full leniency for whatever role he played, right? He was not appointed. He was not elected. And God forbid any of you walk that line so fine and walk on the other side. Because he's probably already here. Just saying. (laughs) And that should be coming out, I think, around my birthday. So that is something that has been in the making. You know, there's so many people out there that have so much information. And the more you target them, put them in little boxes, the more they get the ability to come out and tell the good guys everything. So here is where we need to ensure that the Senate stand firm because when Snowden comes and those that are a handful that would make the difference, that's where we need to focus on. 
That's what we need. Listen to what they're saying to them because they're telling the other side what the problem is. Kind of like the way the New York Times said, oh, you know, Barr's going to be scrutinized. And then suddenly the scrutiny starts, right? And here they're giving hints. When we play the Comey interview, you're going to see how he was hinting everyone while eating some humble pie while we're trying to serve him the biggest, fattest crow there is. They don't just issue press conferences in the middle of their investigation to comment upon someone else's investigation and to talk about how much better their investigation is than the other investigation. I mean, that, I've never heard of such a thing happening. Is, a, is Mr. Durham breaking a rule at the Justice Department by doing this? Is there, are there thing, regulations that are supposed to prevent this sort of thing? You know, I'm not sure that there's a specific rule that governs that. That may be because no one has ever done this before. They didn't think they needed a rule to govern this. It's suffice it to say it's highly unusual. I think it reflects poorly on Mr. Durham to lend his name and imprimatur and respect and credibility into this political political arena because this has the patina of political support uh, for Barr's own statement, for the statements that other people on behalf of the president have been making, and that reflects incredibly upon Mr. Durham. Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Thanks for watching MSNBC on YouTube. Okay, so this is what they're telling their people. Uh, they, they're appalled, it's unprofessional, yet everything they did was professional. Now listen to the opening of Comey's interview where he talks about, oh, you know, uh, maybe Former it wasn't. Former FBI Here Director James Comey. Director, welcome to Fox News Sunday. Thanks for having me. You have been taking something of a report was released earlier this week. The question is whether or not it's justified. Here are you and the Inspector General Michael Horowitz answering the same question. Do you think this is vindication? It is. I mean, the FBI's had to wait two years while the president and his followers lied about the institution. Finally, the truth gets told. Does your report vindicate Mr. Comey? It doesn't vindicate anyone at the FBI who touched this, including the leadership. The IG says you should feel no vindication. Well, maybe it turns upon how we understand the word. What I mean is that the FBI was accused of treason of illegal spying, of tapping Mr. Trump's wires illegally, of opening an investigation without justification, of being a criminal conspiracy to unseat, defeat, and then unseat a president. All of that was nonsense. I think it's really important that the inspector general looked at that and that the American people, your viewers and all viewers, understand that's true. But he also found things that we were never accused of, which is real sloppiness, and that's concerning as I've said all along, has to be focused on. If I were director, I'd be very concerned about it and diving into it. Well, sloppiness may be a, a euphemism for what it is he found. One of his big concerns is the way the FBI handled the FISA applications and the warrants that you were allowed you to surveil Carter Page, who was a former foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. Again, here is what you said about the FISA process and what the Inspector General Horowitz said this week. Take a look. A total confidence that the FISA process was followed and that the entire case was handled in a thoughtful, responsible way by DOJ and the FBI. We identified significant inaccuracies and omissions in each of the four applications, seven in the first application and a total of 17 by the final renewal application. Seventeen significant errors in the FISA process, and you say that it was handled in a thoughtful and appropriate way. I just wanted to say, again, 17 is the number that represents 
overcoming evil. I just wanted to point that out. That is when it manifests. That is when it comes out. And even in the Bible and, uh, you know, other religious scriptures, that number is always associated with the truth, um, coming to light and that good where that number is armor, uh, to combat it. So funny how they found 17, right? I'm just saying it's totally a coincidence. He's right. I was wrong. I was overconfident in the procedures that the FBI and justice had built over 20 years. I thought they were robust enough. It's incredibly hard to get a FISA. I was overconfident in those because he's right. There was real sloppiness. 17 things that either should have been in the applications or at least discussed and characterized differently. It, it was not acceptable. And so he's right. I was wrong. But you make it sound like you're a, a, a bystander, an eyewitness. You were the director of the FBI while a lot of this was going on, sir. Sure. I'm responsible for that. That's why I'm telling you I was wrong. I was overconfident as director in our procedures. And it's important. What happened to highest loyalty? <laughs> this is what is coming to light. You can't refuse the truth. And again, uh, the truth, the flame of truth has no shadow. Important that, it, that, an, that a leader be accountable and transparent. If I were still director, I'd be saying exactly the same thing that Chris Ray is saying, which is we are going to get to the bottom of this because the most important question is, is it systemic? Are there problems in other cases? One of the wait a minute, what? Oh, so now you're saying, oh, this could have been like a long-standing problem, and you know, I only took over after 2013. Could have been like protocol we're doing, uh, but we're looking to fix it. So there's no deficiencies because if we acknowledge that we made a mistake, and then we open our doors supposedly for you to come and fix it, then that means that we acknowledge it and we really do want to fix it. No, you don't. You want to instill confidence in an organization that has been corrupt for decades and operating under the radar of truth for decades. And, oh, we just want to see if it's like this in other cases. Yes, it is. It always has, always will, unless we gut it. And I think... That's one of the first things that I kept saying, uh, you know, in 2017, when I was guesting on other people's, oh, we need to gut it down to the janitor, fire them all. We've got a large labor force that can be reinstated in a heartbeat. And with the artificial intelligence profiles of everyone, you'll easily slot someone in, not to the same standards that you slotted those clowns in, but you will have the best people on your team. Fire them all. Gut it. That is the only way that there is trust reinstated in agencies to do their job. So them admitting, oh, yeah, we were wrong. We, we really want to find out. Just again, visit his book, Higher Loyalty. That's all you have to do. This is all a show. It's just an illusion. I'll see you guys in a bit right after this short break. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to 
Tori says for the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. This is the second hour of the Tory Says Show where I want us to get into uh, the more global scene that no one's talking about. You know, um, uh, uh, listeners, a lot of listeners uh, contacted me about the whole origin, but one um, who I, you know, I'm a fan of. Right. Uh, that I have um, met with, you know, read their stuff on Twitter said, you know, you've done a good job, you know, explaining it. But that's the thing, guys. You know, for me, it's coming from a, a source of understanding because I had to learn that that the origination manifests everything. And this is something that, um, you know, through uh, whatever toils or um, litigations I have engaged in gave me that knowledge. Because when you see that they're obfuscating the initiation, that is where the evil lies. And this is what they're concerned about. But we're going to continue with this Comey interview, which is very important and telling. Because here he is taking the brunt of it, admitting, oh, I was, uh, you know, very, um, you know, uh, overconfident. And we have such deficiencies. And it could be systemic, all key words of saying, I am so sorry. We need to fix this. I take full responsibility. No, you don't get away so easy. Take a listen. Central issues is the role that the Steele dossier played, which was oppo research paid for by the Democrats, what role it played in getting the FISA warrants to surveil Page. Again, here's your version, and again, here's the Inspector General. My recollection was it was part of a broader mosaic of facts that were laid before the FISA judge to obtain a FISA warrant. And we concluded that the Steele reporting played a central and essential role in the decision to seek a FISA order. Horowitz says it wasn't part, as you told Brett Baer, it wasn't part of a broader mosaic. He said it played an essential role in establishing probable cause. In fact, he says, if it hadn't been for the Steele dossier, the FBI probably wouldn't have even submitted a FISA application that had been reviewed in April of 2016, or August, rather, of 2016. They decided not to do it. They get the Steele dossier, they do it. It wasn't part of a broader mosaic. That's what you said, sir. I'm not sure he and I are saying different things. Okay, hold on. So, again, when you don't have evidence, you make it up. You hire a troll farm. You know, in the case of the FBI, they hired foreign intelligence to manufacture stuff and use the credibility of the fact that they're allied intelligence assets. But, you know, let's just break it down to layman terms. They wanted to spy on him because they didn't know what he knew because the DNC server had been imaged by Seth Rich and others and released to WikiLeaks. They needed to know what they were talking about, who they were talking about, how they were talking about, and who knew what was on that USB drive and what was uploaded. That's basically what they wanted to they wanted to mitigate 
All right. They wanted to mitigate. Are they going to be able to make sure that there's fair elections? Are they going to stymie our fix? This is what they wanted. So they got themselves a troll farm. So it's kind of like hiring really vicious, nasty people and steal, miss all of these. Think of it on a lower level. Think of it in your, think of it at your workplace. Okay. There's always that one person that's miserable. That's, you know, uh, you know, doesn't like anybody has ever has something to say about every single person. And for some reason, everyone's scared of them when all they need is a slap across the face and they're done, right? All they need is a slap across the face and they're done. But for some reason, people fear because they have a disgusting, evil tongue, right? And they talk about everyone. So they convince others to start talking and start doing and start manufacturing false information so that more people can rally up behind and say, oh, I hate you. I hate you. This is what the FBI did. They got those, you know, sharp-tongued foreign assets and local assets to come in and say, we hate him. He's going to do this. He's going to do this. He's like this. He's like this. Rumors, false, manufactured. And then they put it nice in a neat package with this FISA. Oh, yeah. I don't think we're disagreeing with it. Yeah, you lied. So you perjured yourself You know, when you were being questioned. That's the least of his problems. You know, I hear Gitmo is testing their, you know, HVAC and everything because uh, it's about to get real busy i hope they have the scratchy um stuff that you know that they have on navy ships (laughs) you know they had like scratchy blankets it was so bad and it was so cold on ships and they would always give us these scratchy um itchy blankets you know especially for people that were in my line of work, you know, we'd be at the belly of the ship and it's like super cold because of computers, it has to be cold. And they had these blankets that were so scratchy, you know, you want to put it over your head because your nose tip is freezing off. That's the type of blankets they should have. What his report says is that the FBI thought it was a close call until they got the Steele report, put that additional information in and that tipped it over to be probable cause. It's a long FISA application that includes steel material and lots of other material. I don't think we're saying different things. Well, I think you are, sir, because he's saying, you're saying it's part of a broader mosaic. It's just one element. He's saying it was the tipping point. It's what brought it over. That doesn't make it part of a broader mosaic. It makes it the centerpiece of the whole FISA application and the ability to surveil Carter Page. Yeah, I don't Remember, surveil Carter Page that they knew was an asset of theirs. So what he was doing, where he was, was part of his job scope. But because he was with an agency that they call the CIA but wasn't the CIA, even though they were tipped off in August, yo, lay off of him. We're seeing that you're going to get a FISA warrant. Be careful. Be careful. And they were like, Psh, we're going to get it and we're going to destroy Trump and no one's ever going to find out. So let's just ignore it. No, man. There's agencies Comey doesn't even know exists. There are agencies that Obama doesn't even know that exists. The intelligence is in 17, and with what, 17 other subsidiaries under, come on, man, come on. We got them all. I don't understand to be saying that. I could be wrong about that. Well, I, I, mean, I, got, I got his quote here. Uh, he says, we concluded the steel reporting played a central, a central and essential role in the decision to seek a FISA warrant that it pushed the the FISA proposal over the line in terms of establishing probable cause. I mean, yeah. he says what he says. Words mean something. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with his characterization. I'm just confused. I, know, I don't see the disconnect between the two of us, and I'm sorry that I'm missing it. Well, 
You don't see a difference between it's part of a broader mosaic and it was the it played an essential role in establishing probable it, cause? It was one of a bunch of different facts that were assembled to apply to the court. It was the one that convinced the lawyers that they had enough now with that added to the pile to go forward. I guess the question is, it seemed that you were minimizing the role of the, of the Steele dossier, and he's saying it's a lot more important than you let on. You know what? Stop. We don't care if they minimized it, they maximized it, if it played the role or not. Where's Judge Collier who signed that warrant? Did she read the dossier? Did she read it? Did she make sure that she verified it? Because that was her job. Because when you're going to violate not one citizens, but all the other citizens that are second and third level, right? And when you violate someone's civil rights, the question is, did you read it? It's like someone sending, a, you know, a request to, you know, Comey's college and saying, hey, you know, Comey might have, you know, engaged in not registering as a charity. Give me his educational records. And so the education institution would be like, listen, dude, we have FERPA. Like, why would we give you his transcripts and, you know, any communications and all this stuff so that you can determine <laughs> if he had to register as a charity? It sounds bizarre. Right. It sounds completely bizarre. It sounds like a complete violation of any law to protect people. So Judge Collier, like in this case, the university had to take the active role of saying, well, hold on a second. I get you're asking me for this and you want the warrant or you want the subpoena to go through. But you got to tell me how the charity is linked to his grades or you got to tell me how this dossier links up to national security of him having prostitutes peeing on a bed explain or carter page being somewhere uh what about carter page at that point at that point mm, she would have access to have a little flag by his name not all the time though not all agencies allow any markings to deter unmasking right but at that point that is where she could have asked for more information or elaborate. Do you know if he had any official business there, if he ever enacted with any agency? And at that point, if there is no record of her asking that question about Carter Page, she failed. So I don't care what Comey did. I don't care what Strzok did. I don't care what was in that dossier. It could have said whatever it wanted. The bottom line is, what did the judge do? Don't blame it on Comey. Don't blame it on Strzok. They were corrupt. Period. They had an agenda. Period. It's the front that protects the rights of every single American citizen, the laws that protect the rights of every American citizen, the person that made the decision to issue the warrant, to accept the subpoena, to comply with the subpoena. That is where it comes down to. Where are you? Why is she still sitting on a bench? Because we could sit here and enjoy the egg on his face that Chris Wallace is not only putting on his face, he's smearing it on his face. And Comey's like blinking. Oh, I, 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 I'm so, I don't see what you see. You know, it's an embarrassing interview. He's taking egg on his face. He is the sacrificial lamb to say, oh yeah, we did protecting the courts. Again, no one is listening to that key point. It, it was so loud from the IG report that that is what the objective of this report from Horowitz was, was to protect the courts. And again, what is Comey doing? Protecting the courts. We all know you're corrupt. We all know you lied. We all know everything because we know exactly what was taken off that DNC server. We already have it. 
you can't escape that. But they're covering the courts. Pay attention. We need to like take off the glasses and look at it objectively. It is down to who says, all right, I'll give you the warrant. All right, I'll comply with your subpoena. All right, I'll give you the pen register. All right, I'll do this. It is down to them. If they haven't protected a citizen's rights to the outmost, you know, like down to the T, they're the ones that should be taken down with the hardest and the strongest fist of justice. That is how it goes. I don't care what Comey says. We know he's corrupt. He can say whatever he wants. The bottom line is, you know, you can't say, oh, yeah, we just wanted Jack Carter Page and we think Russia was involved. And here's a, you know, dossier. Wait a minute. This dossier sounds really iffy and circular. I'm a judge that's protecting this, right? Maybe I should take a look into it. Maybe I should see who Carter Page is. Do you guys know anything about Carter? Nope. Where where are those conversations? Ha. This. He's telling you this, though. Comey is telling, oh, yeah, you know, uh, it was part of a broader mosaic. I take full responsibility. The judge had nothing to do with it. Trust me. Listen. If I was, then I'm sorry that I did that. But I meant it, it was one part of the presentation to the court. It was not a huge part of the presentation to the court, but it was the fact, according to his report, that convinced the lawyers to go forward. All right. Then there's the issue of how reliable the Steele dossier, in fact, was on January 6th, 2017, in the Trump Tower, you brief Donald Trump, president-elect, about the Steele dossier. That same month, the FBI talks to Steele's main Russian contact, the main person on whom he based the dossier, who says, according to the IG report, quote, Steele misstated or exaggerated the primary subsources statements in multiple sections of the reporting. Director Comey, not only do you fail to go back to the president-elect or president after January 20th and tell him, oh, you know that report I briefed you on? Turns out it's bunk. But the, FI- the FBI can- goes back and renews its FISA application three more times. And by this point, the FBI knows that the, the Steele reporting is not credible. Yeah, I think you're mischaracterizing both what the FBI knew and what Mr. Horowitz says in his report. They didn't conclude the reporting from Steele was bunk. They concluded there were significant questions about the reliability of some of the subsource reporting. That should have been included in the renewals. But when I briefed the president, I briefed him on a small part of it that I told him I didn't know whether it was true or not. I didn't care. I just needed him to know about it. Oh, my gosh. Do you see it? This is how. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm really sorry if it came out like that. But they didn't say it was totally bunk. Okay, they just said that, you know, the things that substantiated what he said were a little bit iffy, but doesn't mean it was totally bunk. (laughs) What? What? Uh, This is legalese to confuse the average person dumbing it down. He's like, oh, well, just because this report, it seems to be based on bogus stuff doesn't mean the report's bogus. Um, kind of does. I mean, what was it? I don't remember what grade people should normally do this, but do you, you guys remember subsets P and or Q, you know, that you were learning in school with subsets of number? If P is true, if P is T and Q is sum of T, then Q is this, right? Do you remember that math? This is pure math. And, you know, in the end, it's just a, a bunch of rubbish. Rubbish. That's all he says is rubbish. It's just rubbish out of his lips. This is garbage. I think you're mischaracterizing. Steele isn't, uh, or rather, uh, Horowitz isn't saying that the that the uh, subsource, the Russian contact, was unreliable or was inaccurate. The Russian contact 
said to the FBI, Steele is unreliable because he misrepresented. Steele misstated or exaggerated the source's statements in multiple sections of the report. He's saying, I told him one thing and he wrote something else. The FBI knew that. Yeah, but that doesn't drive a conclusion that Steele's reporting is bunk. I mean, there's a number of tricky things to that. First, you're interviewing the subsource after all the reporting has become public. And so as a counterintelligence investigator, you have to think, is he walking away from it because it's now public? Well, but, and that has to go into your but, assessment but of Mr. Steele. It, it hadn't, I mean, if it had become public it, just barely, this is in January of 2017. This isn't two years later. Right. This is when it blew up, when it was published by whatever the outfit is, BuzzFeed. It was all over the news and had become a big deal. And so did you, I... Did you know all of this? All of what? Everything that we're talking about here. Did you know that, in fact, the Steele report was the key for probable cause? Did you know that the FBI had talked to the Russian contact and he said what Steele said he had, he had uh, told him was not true? Did you know this? You're the FBI director. First, again, the report will speak for itself. I don't believe the FBI concluded that Steele's reporting was bunk after talking to a subsource. But no, I didn't. As the director, you're not kept informed on the details of an investigation. So no, in general, I didn't know what they'd learned from the subsource. I didn't know the particulars of the investigation. But this is well, that sounds really odd because I'm pretty sure there were texts between Strzok and Page saying the D wants to know, which is the director, right? And, you know, that the president wants to know everything they're doing. But he wasn't in the loop. I mean, he's just the boss signing off on stuff and saying, yep, this is legit. Let's take it to the court. Let's get a warrant. But he didn't look at anything, right? He's really sucking it up. He's taking one for the team right now on camera. <laughs> he's really taking one for the team. Question, where is Strzok? I wonder why no one's questioning Strzok. Well, obviously, he's lawyered up, but... Could it be that he could be, I don't know, somewhere with itchy blankets? Some investigation, sir. This is an investigation of the campaign of the man who is the president of the United States. You've just been through a firestorm investigating Hillary Clinton. I would think if I were in your position, I would have been on that uh, you know, like a like a junkyard dog. I would have wanted to know everything they were doing in investigating the Trump campaign. Yeah, that's not the way it works, though. As as a director sitting on top of an organization of 38,000 people, you can't run an investigation that's seven layers below you. You have to leave it to the career professionals to do, to the special agents who do this for their lives. And if a director tries to run an investigation, it, it'll get mucked up in all different kinds of ways, given his or her responsibilities and the impossibility of reaching the work that's being done at the lower level. All right. And then there is, I've left for last, the worst misconduct. In August of 2016, just two weeks into the investigation, the CIA tells the FBI that it actually has a relationship with Carter Page, that when he has these meetings with the Russians, he actually goes back and he tells the CIA about it. But you never tell the FISA court that. And in fact, in 2017, an FBI lawyer doctors a document. The CIA said, Oh, Carter Page, he's a source, and he puts in the application, he's not a source. Yeah, I got to take issue with one of the, I'll answer the question, but one of the predications of your question, the Inspector General did not find misconduct by any FBI people. He found mistakes and negligent no, and oversight. No, 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 no that's not, not true. In the case of Kevin Kleinsmith, he has referred it for a... 
Kevin, remember when I talked about Kevin? <laughs> Criminal investigation. Right, but that's not been resolved. This business with the lawyer changing some email to a partner on the team. I mean, you make it sound like it's not much. It's, no, no, it's, it's very important. It's very I mean, important. I mean, not a, sor a source to not a source is a big deal. Remember how we got here. The FBI was accused of criminal misconduct. Remember, I was going to jail and lots of other people were going to jail. People on this network said it over and over and over. But you are going to jail. You just don't know it yet. Again, the inspector general did not find misconduct by FBI personnel, did not find political bias, did not find illegal conduct. Inspector Manufacturing 302s to get Flynn in a box, totally not misconduct. Not criminal misconduct. That's just like the way we do it. Doctoring emails to obfuscate that this person is an intelligence asset, totally not a crime. I mean, yeah, like we'll do anything to get to what we need. Dude, you have no idea. We're going to let you play this out because uh, this is how it goes. This is the most embarrassing thing I have ever seen. This is a joke. And the fact that he's even defending this is a joke. General found significant mistakes, and that is not something to sneeze at. That's really important. But the American people, especially your viewers, need to realize they were given false information about the FBI. It's honest, it is not political, it is flawed. Would you agree that the FISA court was also given false information by the FBI? I think that's fair. The FBI should have included, or at least pushed to the lawyers so they could make a decision, information that you just said, things like that, that the, another agency had not a source relationship, but some kind of contact relationship. Okay. I, want to, I want to get to three last questions. Okay. And one of them has to do with how serious what this is. You, you've, you, you've talked a lot about mistakes or sloppiness. Horowitz concludes three separate teams made significant errors in four separate FISA applications on one of the FBI's most significant cases, I mean, the investigation of President Trump and his campaign. He, he was Trump, I have to keep correcting you, President Trump was not being investigated, his campaign was not being investigated. Four Americans, two of whom were no longer associated with the campaign, were being investigated. Okay. He was asked how he... Four Americans that are no longer associated with the campaign are being investigated. You mean General Flynn, who is going to be his uh, not totally not part of it anymore, but was at the time. Right. Let's just keep this in mind. OK, let's just focus here. Let's listen to his words. Listen to that, how they construe words and change words and versions of things. This is what we need to pay attention to is what he's saying. Oh, yeah, you know, President Trump. And, you know, it wasn't him. It wasn't that. But it clearly said he was under investigation. So um, what? He explains it. Horowitz, here he is. It's unclear what the motivations were. On the one hand, gross incompetence, negligence, on the other hand, intentionality. Gross negligence, or they intended to do it. They intended to lie to the FISA court. You, you were in charge during a lot of this, sir. Yeah, and in fact, you, you signed the FISA applications. Sure, I think I signed at least two or three of them. Is the way the F Oops, I um, accidentally moved back on that one. So I just wanted to say, Remember, Loretta Lynch signed that and other people signed that. People of the current administration signed that. We had Dan Coates sign it. We had a lot of people sign these renewals and stuff. Hold on. Let me see where we were. Gosh darn it. I clicked the wrong button. Let me see. Remember how we got here. The FBI was accused of significant that the another agency. What concludes 
Three separate teams made significant errors in four separate FISA applications on one of the FBI's most significant cases, I mean, the investigation of President Trump and his campaign. He, he was, Trump, I have to keep correcting you, President Trump was not being investigated, his campaign was not being investigated. Four Americans, two of whom were no longer associated with the campaign, were being investigated. Okay. He was asked how he explains it. Horowitz, here he is. It's unclear what the motivations were. On the one hand, gross incompetence, negligence. On the other hand, intentionality. Gross negligence, or they intended to do it. They intended to lie to the FISA court. You, you were in charge during a lot of this, sir. Yeah, and in fact, you, you signed the FISA applications. Sure, I think I signed at least two or three of them. He doesn't conclude that there was intentional misconduct by these career special agents. No, he, he just says does. it's one of two things and he can't. Okay, let me correct him here. He doesn't conclude there was intentional. He's not allowed to conclude there was intentional misconduct. Again, I bring a very simple example that has nothing to do with the FBI and the CIA that I've been very well versed on. The state auditor of my state found millions and millions of federal tax dollars missing. He pointed deficiency and mistakes, the words that Comey likes to use, because that is all an auditor can do. And he said someone miskeyed. $750,000 worth of payment to a parent to adopt one child. That, he can only say, mistake, deficiency, we're looking into this. Someone needs it. No prosecution happened. See, the auditor just puts it out. He can't say criminal misconduct. You are not a prosecutor. At that point, you are simply the auditor to say, I see a mistake here. I see a deficiency here. I see this. And it's those the, the degree of deficiency, the degree of mistake is then taken on by a prosecutor. Jeez, they really think everyone's stupid. And I've said it again and again. He's only an auditor. And how the auditor is being audited as to why. He chose to play it down. I'll see you all right after the break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Welcome back, everyone. I know we want to get into the global politics of things. There's only three minutes of this left of Comey's interview, and I really want us to parse it apart. It's less than three minutes uh, because it's important for us to understand and just realize that, indeed, the only thing the swamp is doing now is giving cover to the judicial branch. And if you rewind back to November of 2018, I told you it's because of Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts. We need to be paying attention more. And we have court coming up in January, don't we? President Trump has two cases to be heard, don't we? The judicial branch is the one getting cover. Can't decide. Gross negligence or it was intentional misconduct. Well, that's, read, that's what he said. I've read his report. He says, I, we are not concluding that there was intentional misconduct by FBI. Did you hear person. what he just said here? I did. I don't know the context of that. I've read he was it. asked specifically, how do you explain it? And he said, gross negligence or intentionality. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. He doesn't find intentionality, but that doesn't make it any less important. As director, you are responsible for this. I was responsible for this, and if I were still there, I'd be doing what Chris Ray is doing, is figuring out, so how did this happen, and is it systemic? Because that's the scariest thought. Is if, that- you, if you were still there, and all of this came out, and it turned out it happened on your watch, would you resign? No, I don't think so. There were mistakes I consider more consequential than this during my tenure, and the important thing is to be transparent about it, and then look to fix it and explain to the American people how you fix it. A couple of final questions. As you know, Attorney General Barr has been harshly critical of how the FBI conducted this entire operation. Here's how he reacted to the IG's findings of whatever you want to call it in the handling of the FISA applications. These irregularities, these misstatements, these omissions were not satisfactorily explained. And I think that leaves open the possibility to infer bad faith. Given the repeated bad faith, that is the foundation of every prosecutor. See, if the police officer stops you and frisks you just because he doesn't like you, doesn't like your face or because maybe you reported him for, you know, being bad, something. 
That's bad faith. When you begin any investigation in bad faith, your case is thrown out because you never, ever come at anything with bad faith. You always go in with good faith. And you know, that is something my father instilled on me as a young child. He said, always take people at 100%. At 100%. And it is their job to maintain that status of taking them at 100%. If you ever come in with your, um, you know, biases with your, uh, with listening to what someone else will tell you about them. And you engage in a conversation in a business relationship in any transaction or anything at that point, that relationship is sour. That relationship either that be business, personal, whatever it may be is sour. You take them at face value always because you cannot taint your eyes to have clarity and truth be present because, uh, you know, and this also coincides with one of my most favorite professors, um, back in, oh, what was it? 2002 when I was back here, um, shoot, I don't remember, but it was for a training period. I was, um, in New York for three weeks and he said to me, question everything, question everything. Even if they tell you, but that is the law that a triangle, all sums of the angles is 180 degrees, question it. Because the more you question something, the more you say, all right, I take it as that, but I'm going to probe and question. The more you see it's right or the more you see it's wrong. So taking someone at face value doesn't mean you're completely ignorant. Um, you take them at face value and through your interactions, which is like questioning or probing or just the interaction itself, that person will maintain that level at a hundred percent of your, you know, you and them at a hundred percent or declining. That's basically how it works. And that is the premise of our law that justice is blind and everything comes in with good faith. You start anything with bad faith You've lost it from the get-go. Errors, some would say abuses of the FISA process. Does Attorney General Barr have a point? No. He does not have a factual basis as the Attorney General of the United States to be speculating that agents acted in bad faith. The facts just aren't there. Full stop. That doesn't make it any less consequential, any less... Did he just spank Barr, the Attorney General of the United States, for claiming that they acted in bad faith. Uh Oh, Comey. That's important, but that's an irresponsible statement. Finally, uh, here's President Trump, and there's how he reacted to the IG report on the FBI investigation. They've destroyed the lives of people that were great people, that are still great people. Their lives have been destroyed by scum, okay, by scum. I'd like your response to that, and I'd like you specifically, because you said the other day, where does former FBI lawyer Lisa Page go to get her reputation back? Where does Carter Page go, the target of these FISA warrants and surveillance, where does he go to get his reputation back? It's a great question. Carter Page was treated unfairly, most significantly by his name being made public. He's a United States citizen, and it never should have been made public, and that's an outrage. But that statement is just a continuation of the lies about the FBI. The FBI is an honest, apolitical organization. Remember the treason. Remember the spying. Remember all of us going to jail.
you're going to jail. Well, that was false information that your viewers and millions of others were given. My own mother-in-law was worried I was going to jail. I kept telling her, look, it's all made up. It's all made up. Don't worry about it. But I couldn't say that publicly for two years. Well, now I'm saying it on behalf of the FBI. It was all made up. And I hope people will stare at that and learn Perfect. about what the FBI is like. Human and flawed, but deeply committed to trying to do the right thing. Director, call me. <laughs> that's perfect because that's what we can play when he gets down to Gitmo. That is the clip we'll be playing when he goes down to Gitmo with the itchy blankets. Now, the president had a lot to say in regards to this. And, you know, he's pretty much like, bring it. I'm good. Bring it. I want to play just a little clip of his, um, just a little section of the clip. Let me see if I can find it. Here we go, I think. No, it didn't say that. It said, do us a favor, our country, talking about the past election, talking about corruption. The other thing nobody remembers and nobody likes to talk about, and I talk about it all the time, is why isn't Germany, why isn't France, why aren't other European countries paying? Because we're paying, the suckers. You know, for years we've been the suckers. But we're not the suckers anymore. Big difference. But why isn't Germany paying big money? They're the ones, I mean, they have a much bigger benefit than we do because Ukraine is really a stoppage between Russia and parts of Europe, the major part of Europe. Why aren't European countries paying? Why isn't France paying a lot of money? Why is it always the United States? We're 7,000 miles away. Why is it Let's always skip. the sun? Let's go back. I'm trying you know, the to find insurance policy is just in case Here we go. she loses, meaning crooked Hillary who's crooked as a $3 bill. Just in case crooked Hillary loses, we've got an insurance policy. Well, we've been going through the insurance policy now for three years, and it's a disgrace. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. As crooked as a $3 bill, we'll assess that tomorrow because that's a key, key statement. Now, Let's move on to world politics. I'm going to play this quick clip from India because obviously, you know, our media isn't playing anything. I'll have to interpret uh, statements as well. Uh, remember, we're talking. Let's just for those that have not been following the Tory Says Show for over a year, I'll explain to you. Picture Libya, huge nation, size wise, it's massive. And picture the whole nation is being governed by the Libyans, um, and it's led by General Haftar, and they're called the Libyan National Army. It's run by the citizens. You know, they um, have all of Libya as a territory except for this little, 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 little piece where Tripoli is, and Tripoli is at the tip into the Mediterranean, kind of like, you know, um, slantly across from uh, Italy, uh, and uh that is where the GNA, G is in Gulf, NA, a government national army, let's say it as the such, which is backed by the UN, Qatar, and Turkey. The Libyan National Army is supported by all other nations. That includes the United States that we throw support to them. That includes European Union states like um, that are involved in this conflict. Israel, Egypt, Greece, Cyprus, etc. War is brewing. We have 
drones being deployed to northern Cyprus. We have agreements that are not valid that have been made. Uh, we have expulsions of ambassadors. I mean, this stuff has been heating up uh, just in the past few days. And, you know, we touched upon it, but no one's talking about it. Take a listen to what India has to say about it. Taipardwan has threatened to close two strategic military bases used by U.S. in Turkey. The warning came after Washington warned of sanctions over Ankara buying Russian arms. <clears throat> Ardwan has regularly raised this possibility in the past at times of tension between the two countries. The U.S. Air Forces uses the airbase at Incilek for raids on positions held by the so-called Islamic State group in Syria. The Kuresk base houses a major NATO radar station. Turkey's foreign minister has said that the issue of the bases last week and he raised it. Now, responding to the U.S. threat of fresh sanctions, he warned that their closure could be put on the table. Turkey faces U.S. sanctions over its decision to buy the Russian S-400 missile defense system, despite warnings from Washington. And on Friday, Turkey summoned U.S. ambassador after the U.S. Senate followed the lower house and voted to recognize the 1915 killings of Armenians as genocide. The bill is yet to be signed by U.S. President Donald Trump. And hopefully he doesn't sign it because that'll just be the cherry on top. So basically, uh, Erdogan again is threatening to close down the bases or access to the U.S. military um, in regards to um, in response to the attacks that he is getting. Remember, Greece expelled Cyprus. Israel has come to the forefront. Egypt has come to the forefront. The Libyan National Army has come to the forefront. And I want to play a quick um, clip from Africa, right, from a year ago, Christmas Eve. A year ago, Christmas Eve. Take a listen. Turkey and Libya have agreed to launch a joint investigation into a shipment of arms seized at the Libyan port of Homs. According to the UN-backed Libyan government, the agreement had been made following talks between Prime Minister... Did you hear him? According to the UN-backed Libyan government. So here's what happened. Turkey sent weapons to the Libyan-backed... To the UN-backed Libyan government, Tripoli government, right? And someone seized them. So Erdogan arrived in Libya to discuss about these seized weapons. Minister Fayez al-Saraj and Turkish Foreign Minister Mevlut Kavushoglu in Tripoli. The Turkish Foreign Minister noted the shipment of arms to Libya does not represent the policy or approach of the Turkish state. Just because Turkey sent them tons of weapons that we don't know where they are right now doesn't mean that it represents that we support the UN-backed Libyan army. Okay, just listen to that. So it's like I'm sending you a bunch of guns, tanks, drones, missiles, bombs, but that doesn't mean that I support you. Regarding this issue, we shared information today, but as you say, it is not a ship loaded with weapons. But there is an investigation into two containers on the ship that had blank and black cartridges. We are very sensitive to this problem. The cache consisted of 3,000 Turkish-made pistols, handguns, hunting rifles and ammunition, according to Benghazi's Benina Airport Customs Services. A cargo of 2.5 million Turkish-made bullets was also discovered in the port a day before. 
The UN mission in Libya described the arms discovery as extremely worrying. So in other words, the Libyan National Army, not the UN back one, so that's the LNA, uh, was very concerned that Turkey was sending all these weapons constantly uh, to the GNA, the UN backed. This is over a year ago, you guys. Now, here's where we do a little bit of a fast forward. I want you to listen to what Greece announced on the 12th, and I'll, and I'll interpret as we go. So in, in, further retro, in, in retrospect and looking forward, in regards to the matters of uh, Gila Saleh, most recently, it's, it's been demonstrated through legalese and, um, and through laws uh, that support it. Uh, where the laws actually support many things about... Um, uh, you would say instigations of tension uh, that involve his nation that he advised us of. And I just wanted to put in context. Right now, this is... Um, the Greek government speaking with the Libyan parliament chief. So remember, Tripo Tripoli's government, which is that one little area of, of uh, Libya, is completely independent and UN Qatar Turkey backed, while the rest of them are Libyan nationals. So this Libyan parliament chief is representing all Libyans except for that one city, just to make sure. And he said... So what we discussed was this agreement that the government of Tripoli, so the city is considered a government on its own, just so you understand what's going on here, where they signed an agreement with Turkey. So the, the Tripoli Libyan government, just that city, the UN-backed Libyan government, signed an agreement with Turkey. So this is what they're discussing. And he believes the Libyan parliament chief that represents all the people of Libya, except for those in Tripoli, that it's null and void. And it's legally unsound. And we, um, the Libyans, sent me here to Greece in order to annotate and... Um, let you know that this agreement that the Tripoli government signed with Turkey is null and void. Guys, this is this is where it's at. 
you know, this is where it's at. The Libyans, the whole nation of Libya, aside from Tripoli, went to visit with Greece and said, listen, man, war's about to break out. I don't need you killing my people. We're not on board with this. This deal that they, that the Tripoli government did with Turkey has nothing to do with us. We recognize it as null and void. This is a very big deal, you guys. It's like, you know, the whole United States saying, look, Boston made that deal. It doesn't represent us. You know, it's on them kind of like, you know, California. Just like let them secede. They're making these decisions doesn't reflect the rest of the nation. This is what he's doing. This is a big deal, you guys. And I just want to notate that I came here to ensure that you guys know that this agreement that was signed between the Tripoli government and Turkey is null and void because they have no legal standing to represent the people of Libya. And this can be demonstrated by the fact that that specific government has never been employed by us and has never gotten any vote of confidence two times through our parliament, the People's Parliament. We've never acknowledged them as a legitimate government arm. And they cannot represent the people because they never took an oath in front of the people's parliament. No one has given them any confidence to act on our behalf. And he says, and just so you know, uh, based on this agreement, it's, it, you know, that government, that independent separate government has failed to represent us. We're not representative in this agreement. And he says, he goes on to say, that Tripoli government has no authority to sign any agreements, any treaties, any loans or anything on behalf of the Libyan people because they are not recognized by the people of Libya. Guys, this is huge, okay? This is huge. And I am so shocked that no one's talking about it. And uh, we want all the Eastern Mediterranean nations to know that we, as the parliament of the Libyan people, denounce their agreement and declare it as null. As well as the Libyan National Army rejects their authority to make such agreements. 
και θα αντισταθούμε σε όποιον προσπαθεί να παρέμβει στα εσωτερικά της Λιβύης. And we will resist anyone trying to insert themselves in our internal policies. And the Greek representative says, I'm very happy that he's come here and positioned himself representing the people of Libya um, as parliamentary chief so that there is clarity and transparency, you know, like on what's really going on. Σύμφωνα με την οποία τα μεμοράντα τα οποία υπεγράφησαν μεταξύ Τουρκίας και κυβέρνηση εθνική συνεννόηση τη Τρίπολη. And he says, and in regards to the memorandums of understandings and agreements between Turkey and the, uh, the Tripoli Libyan government that is UN backed, είναι άκυρα και κενά are null and void. They have no standing. Είναι ανεφάρμοστα. They can't be applied or executed. Και την περιοχή. And they destabilize the region. Απειλούν την ειρήνη και τη σταθερότητα στην Ανατολική Μεσόγειο. They threaten peace and stability in, in the Eastern Mediterranean. Oh, you guys, you know how this is going to go? I mean, man, I'm just going to play a little clip from April. Just, just like a few seconds. I want you to listen to the German Public Broadcast Service. Reports say the strike hit a runway without causing casualties. Haftar is trying to seize Tripoli from the UN-backed government there. Thousands have fled the fighting. So who is General Haftar and why has he started this offensive? We have this report. The overthrow of Colonel Gaddafi in 2011 plunged Libya into chaos. For four decades, he had ruled the country with an iron hand holding together Libya's disparate groups, including some 140 tribes and clans. His death left a power vacuum. The government in the capital has limited power, even though it's recognised by much of the international community. It's rivalled by a parallel government in the eastern city of Tobruk. Both administrations have parliaments and armed forces. Adding to the chaos, various militias are also fighting for their own regional interests. Military commander Khalifa Haftar, who's leading the current attack on Tripoli, is loyal to the administration in Tobruk. He took part in the 2011 uprising against Gaddafi and then initially disappeared from the scene. But in 2014, he returned, taking fighters to the city of Benghazi. So I just want to give you a little history lesson super quick, just so that you understand the, the dynamics in Libya. Gaddafi was actually trying to play footsie with Clinton and them. She came, she saw, they died. Do you remember that? And the people were pissed. And so this, the elimination of Gaddafi was because they felt that Gaddafi was going to flip on them. And all of this happened. Libya is a massive nation with massive resources. And tomorrow we're going to break that down because war has already brewed. Turkey has already sent war drones to Cyprus because they want to protect their interests by drilling for oil in Cyprus's and Greece's waters. And remember what I told you. Russia that's going to come down from the north swiftly to take care of that and redistribute the lands of Turkey as they were initially intended. Now, I've said this. War did break out, as predicted, three weeks late. I'll see you all tomorrow, same time, same place. God bless from all of us at Red State.
small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper, and grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there. 